Good evening and welcome to the third episode of the Fathers Ain't Podcast. Joining me tonight will be Ms. Taryn Leggins, mental health advocate and co-founder of Unleashing Potential LLC. Tonight we'll be discussing mental health in our community as it regards to fatherhood and why it's okay not to be okay. Thank you for joining us for episode three. I am your host, Tyna Shell. Joining me this evening on this week's episode of the Father Bank Podcast is mental health advocate Taryn Leggins. Welcome, Miss Leggins. Thank you. Thank you. And not only is she a mental health advocate, but she's also the co-founder of an organization called Unleashing Potential. Mm-hmm. So, Taryn, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, like you said, I am the co-founder of um, Unleashing Potential LLC. Um, give a quick shout out to my business partner, Paula Burry. Um, we founded the organization um, in 2018, and it's a behavioral health agency that focuses on mental health support services, um, particularly um, PRP, which stands for Psychiatric Rehabilitation Programs. Um, and What we basically do uh, with that is provide resources for clients who are currently in therapy. Um, If they have medical assistance, they qualify for the program. Uh, Ages 5 to 65 is uh, the demographic that we service. And, you know, people who are looking to get back in the workforce, they need help with resume writing. They might need help with um, applying for entitlements. Um, for kids, you know, it's really kind of more of like a, a mentoring thing. You know, the kids kind of share things with us that they might not uh, feel comfortable with talking about with their family. So we go out into the community and we kind of meet people where they are and um, address those needs and basically assist them with their uh, therapeutic goals. And for those who may be watching that may be from all over the place, where exactly is your organization housed? Uh, we're located in Randallstown, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. So on this episode, I wanted to discuss uh, mental health as far as our community, especially with the black men. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, they go through a lot in the system. And I've seen more times than none all these articles about guys who get fed up, uh with the child support and and they end up killing the mother or killing the kids and, you know, stuff like that. But I would kind of chalk that up to mental health Mm -hmm. because um, I just don't see a reason to kill your own kid or, you know, the mother of the child. So um, like I discussed in previous episodes, the, the system is like you said, as we were talking, that is set up to really gear towards the mom Mm -hmm. and, it frustrates the dad. So I, in getting into our conversation, I just wanted to ask you, why do you feel like mental health is something that's not really brought up or discussed in our community? Because we have all these other things that we stand for, like Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know, racism, um, you know, and things of that nature. But nobody really says that mental health is also something that our Black men suffer from. Yeah, and I think it really comes from a generational stigma when it comes to mental health. There's a stigma in the black community that, uh, oh, we, you know, 
we don't go see, you know, therapists when I don't need to talk to a therapist or um, you might even experience where, uh, well, 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 honey, just go to church and talk to the pastor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but uh, well, I, and I think we've all probably experienced, you know, um, our grandmother or somebody saying, oh, you know, Uncle so-and-so, he just crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. No, he's not just crazy. He's suffering. He's probably suffering from depression. He probably has um, borderline personality disorder. There's a diagnosis there that hasn't been addressed and everybody just kind of write it off as, oh, you're just stressed out or you need to just lay down, you're tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a big part of that is the stigma that's been passed on from generation to generation that uh, we, you know, we just don't do that. Like we, we don't do that. But I, I do appreciate that in recent years, um, more attention has been uh, focused on mental health, specifically in the black community. Um, more people are stepping up, more leaders in the community are stepping up and, you know, they are uh, creating mentor programs. They are, you know, focusing on, uh, hey, look, let's talk about depression. Let's talk about anxiety. This is a, a real feeling. You're not just tired. Um, mm-hmm. It's a reason why you're not feeling motivated. You know, it's a reason why, you know, you're socially isolating. Um, it's a real thing. It's, it's something that can be treated. You should talk to somebody about those things. And I'm just glad that the conversation is out there now. There's more information about mental health. Um, there's more resources for, um, you know, the Black community to kind of feel you know, we 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 kind of suffer from the lack of trust. You know, and so I do feel like there's there's more professionals in the field that you know are more relatable, and you know, people just feel that they can trust that situation more. And you know, it's it's getting out there now, and I, I just appreciate that because it, it it's a thing. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of things that can be avoided and can be addressed and and worked through, or you know, there's medication out there. Um, if we just, you know, take advantage of the resources that are out there. But I, it really is the stigma that has been passed along from generations or why, you know, it hasn't been um, as big in the past and this kind of more more light has been brought to it now. So in regards to fathers and just black men in general, why do you feel like the load of a black man is so heavy versus any other culture or, you know, why why have we as a society or even some of us as as women put so much for you know giving the black man so much to carry it's it's the trauma um black men young black men um the black male <laughs> in general mm-hmm. is so much trauma there um just just on a day-to-day basis you know from being over policed um for just being you know criminalized just for the way they look you know, um, it's just so much trauma just in the community, you know, seeing people die each and every day, just being in Baltimore City. Um, Baltimore City is so much trauma there. Um, and so it's like there's that thing of, you know, you got to be hard. You got to, you know, do this. You can't show weakness. And, you know, and then you're trying to process the trauma. You don't really know how to, you know, you just trying to be strong and work through it and just. You know, it's just a lot of pressure really there to kind of deal with this trauma without the right guidance and also, you know, just kind of not show any emotion. And I really think that is the issue when it comes to black men, you know, even with us, you know, uh, I think black women, you know, try to 
pick up that load and just kind of like, hey, look, you can lean on me um, type thing. But, it's, you know, black men just go through so much trauma on a daily basis uh, with, with everything, with society that we live in right now, that it's a lot of pressure on them to kind of like just hide those emotions and, you know, not really be forthcoming with what's, what they're really dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to say... Because you you made a statement that I wanted to address because you said some of the black women is like, oh, hey, you can lean on me. But sometimes and I'm not saying all because I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying things about women because I'm not. But I'm just saying sometimes when when a woman says or, or a man goes to his woman and says, well, you know, I need your help or whatever. He's often, you know, he's looked at as weak. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why do you need me? Like, I'm a woman. You're supposed to be taking care of me like. We, how, how did we get there? Because I know, like, when my grandparents grew up, that's what you were supposed to do. Like, the mm-hmm. man had to work all day, and, you know, you sat home with the kids, and he brought home the check, and you just did whatever. But now we live in a different type of world. And yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why the women are trying to revert back to those days. Because it's not, we're not living in that time anymore. We're, we're not. And um, when you talk about fatherhood, too, this all ties in. There are more single mothers out there now. And so women are forced to really be the head of the household, you know, kind of hold down the kids and do those things on their own. So, yeah, we are living in a different time. You know, uh, grandma stayed home and, you know, took care of the kids, <laughs> took care of the house, you know, right. did all the, you know, did all those things. Um, while they, you know, grandpa went out. We're home to check, gave grandma out the whole check so she could take mm-hmm. care of the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we aren't living in those times. There are more single women uh, really taking care of things. There are more women who are um, in the workforce and, and dominating in the workforce. Women are really stepping up the ladder and uh, becoming bosses out here. So that, you know, that, that shift and, you know, who's the breadwinner has changed. Um, and so... But is it fair to... So I guess my question is, is it fair to now it's nothing wrong with being a boss and, you know, doing all that. So I I look at it, in my opinion, if you're a woman and you're in that position and you are boss and whatever, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. So instead of demeaning the man when he comes and says, hey, I need help. Why not uplift and say, "Okay, well, let me teach you how to be a boss or let's join forces and become a team. And so so why is it that we, you know, we demean the men instead of trying to uplift? Some yeah. of us, not all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are cases like that because, once again, you know, it's it's the the societal roles, you know, where hey, look, you're the man, you're supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like, hey, look, I understand that this is what's going on. I'm in this position. Let's, you know, like you said, let's join forces. Let's be a force together. Let's right. build this thing together, um, mm-hmm. and so that we both can get ahead. You know, let me help you, you know, elevate your situation so that you can, you know, do more. Um, But like I said, I feel like a lot of that is also, you know, just dealing with, um, you know, broken homes. So there's a lot more co-parenting. So Mm -hmm. it it might not be two people in the household to kind of like join forces in that regard. Um, It's more women who are, you know, single mothers out here. So in in a a sense, it's kind of like... um, I don't know, like the roles have really changed in a yeah. way that it, it forces you to kind of, I don't know, you, you kind of want that, you mm-hmm. know, traditional thing, but you kind of right. have to step outside of it 
and right. see it from a different light. But once again, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, you know, role shifting when it comes to that, because they, you know, the kids are seeing, oh, my mom, you know, is taking right. care of this. And then I got to see my dad over here or, you know, it, you know, it's a lot of different variables when it comes to that. Well, even in a situation where the, the two parents are not in the same household, that's just, you know, like you said, because it's a lot of co-parents in there and not mm-hmm. marriages. So even even with that, why not that at the end of the day, that's still the father of your child. Yeah. So why not still uplift, you know, because if he's no good for himself, then he what can he do for your child? Obviously. Right. So why does it feel like it has to be like, you know, it's either catch up or I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, why why not? Let's let's think about the child and, you know, let me uplift the dad so he can be in a better position and not necessarily saying that, you know, he, you want him to be, you got, you know, he has to be in the same position you mm-hmm. are or whatever the case, but something to yeah. help. Yeah. And I, and I think um, with that too, a, a big part of that is communication. Communication um, in those situations is very key. Everybody needs to be on the same page. Everybody needs to be, um, have one goal, which is, you know, making sure that the kid is good. We're communicating effectively. And I think that a lot of people can benefit from therapy in those co-parenting situations just to learn how to effectively communicate with one another mm-hmm. for the ultimate goal of making sure that everything is good with the child and everybody's putting their own agenda and selfish, you know, selfish ways aside right. for right. the betterment of the child. Right. So I do feel like not just in marriages where they have like couples therapy, I mm-hmm. think that co-parenting should really be something that people look into as far as, you know, talking to a professional and just making sure that, you know, everybody is on the same page because at the end of the day, the child is the one that suffer when those things are not being handled properly, you know, because the the mother's role as well as the father's role in the child's life is Mm -hmm. extremely important. That father's role is so important, no matter if it's in the home or if it's a co-parenting situation, that presence of uh, the father is is needed. And I agree. So, and then another thing, like you said, a stigma that has been placed. So I wanted to ask how you felt or why do you think that, so when a mother is having hardships, mm-hmm. you know, she can say, okay, well, I'm going to move back with my mom for six months or, you know, or I need you to help me out with this, that, that, that. And the village rallies around the mm-hmm. mother. But now, we all know that there are single dads out here as well. Mm -hmm. So when the dad gets in those situations and he maybe has to move back in with his mom or, or move with auntie or grandma or whatever, or he needs the village. Why is it that we're as a society, we're not really so quick to rally around the single dad, but because he's a man, we leave him to figure it out. So what, why do you think that is? I think that's, that still goes back to the, the, the role that the man is supposed to play um, in society as the breadwinner, as the provider. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure. It really is a lot of pressure for, you know, men to, you know, keep up. And I think um, in those situations where it is a, a single father, I do feel like um, there are, you know, people who will, you know, rally, and, you know, make sure, you know, spe- specifically like, you know, 
maybe his mom or something like that will come in and, you know, make sure that they're, they're doing well, but you know, it's hard. It's hard, you know, mm-hmm. um, in yeah. any situation when you're a single parent, it is difficult, um, to manage, but yeah, I, I think it, it might be a little more difficult for the fathers because, um, you know, they just, everything is, like I said, it's kind of set up for, you know, the mom, you know, so, Mm-hmm. Um, in those situations, they, they feel like they have to, you know, be the hero, you know, it's just, it's just right, that right. thing that's just in them, you know, from, right. from childhood, you know, mm-hmm. boys don't cry, you know, you can't do this. You can't show emotion. You can't show weakness, you know, it's just in them. And so when things get hard, it's like, I don't, I don't want to tell anybody that I need help. I'm going to just try to, you know, figure it out, you know, whereas women like, Hey, look, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, right, right. Hey, look, it's difficult right now. I need help, and it's okay for us to be vulnerable, and it's not okay for them to be vulnerable according to society. Well, how do well how do we get society away from that? Do you feel like how do we normalize that? Because at the end of the day, whether man or woman, things get rough for all of us, mm-hmm. and we all need help. So you know, whether you're the strongest person or the weakest person, everybody needs help. So how how do we get away from you know? Because you're a man, you just got to have your chest out all the time or you can't cry or you can't show emotion. Like, how, how do we how do we break that? Um, I, it's it's going to take, um, you know, social media is huge. So, yeah, it's a lot of influence on social media. So we seeing more um, black men in leadership just, you know, coming for, hey, look, man, it's OK. It's OK. Like, I, I get it. Like, this is my situation, too. So we need that transparency within the community to show like, hey, look, there's support here. There need to be, you know, other um, black men kind of like rallying together and in and, and a positive light and supporting each other. You know, it's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. And uh, I, I think if we had more of that visual, then it would be become socially normal to that. You know what? I, I can I can lean on my brotherhood to, you know, support because they understand what I'm going through. Like, and it's OK for all of us to come together and I love seeing pictures of you know black men with their kid having a good time and everybody is just happy I I think that visualization is very important so I I follow a couple of pages on uh you know IG where it's like black fathers and I you know just seeing that in a positive light okay um and just you know the dad gang and stuff like that uh they 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 show and they they lend that support to those single fathers, specifically black men, and mm-hmm. let them know, hey, look, we out here, you know, you know, all this stigma that they want to put in the and stereotypes they want to put in the news of, you know, that black men don't take care of their kids. That's not true. There's a right. lot of black men who are great fathers, right. and I think they society just need to see that, and you know, those men need to just see that they have support in a community um, when it comes to being a single father and just being vulnerable about that. And, you know, just being like, Hey man, look, I don't know how to put my daughter's hand in a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? right. 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 And, and I agree because like you said, it's so much other stuff and it's, it's so, it's, it's weird to me because um, I think somebody I may be, maybe following posted the other day. Oh, you know, all we want to see is negativity. Well, we, some of us really don't, yeah. yeah. Um, you, know, you know, I guess because negativity draws the ratings or, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But I, I, we, like you said, and I wholeheartedly agree with. We need to break away from that. 
mm-hmm. you know, start seeing a little bit more positivity because, um, especially with our men, because mm-hmm. it just it just looks like, like you said, it's the you're a deadbeat or whatever, whatever, or it's it's been put out there that black men don't want to take care of their kids, and like you said, there are a lot of them. Yeah, you know? it's a lot. It's a lot of them who really take care of their families, take care of their kids. Right. And I think, you know, because they highlight, um, the media love to highlight the, you know, our men in jail, like, you know what I mean? Or just, you know, in a bad light that there's always, um, you know, that visualization that, you know, everybody's a deadbeat dad, and it's not true. So if there's more positive images of, you know, the black male being the father and playing that role, and uh, like I said, just, you know, forming groups where they support each other and you just and, you know, for them to see like, hey, look, I'm not out here by myself. You know, you know, you're right. a single father over there. Like we can help each other out. We can, you know, we can have play dates the same way, you know, right. the dads right. can bring the kids right. together. Like all of those things are positive things that can happen and we can normalize that. We just got to take that extra effort to make sure that those are the things that are being seen within the media versus the negative. Yeah. And do you now media is one thing that puts a bad stigma on our men. What about the mothers mm-hmm. that do it as well? I mean, if we can get them to, you know, because like you said, and again, reiterating, there are good fathers, but sometimes they, they can't be, or they're not allowed to be because mm-hmm. of whatever the mother's feeling that day, or she didn't, something didn't go her way or something like that, because usually that's how these things end up, you know? Yeah father wants to be a father but he can't because of whatever the mother's issue is so so how do we get our women to realize that regardless of what's going on between the two adults ultimately at the end of it the child is affected Mm -hmm. and like you said regardless to what the father's presence is always needed Mm -hmm. so how do we get the women to realize that in that situation, I still feel like everybody could benefit from therapy because what, what's really going on? Um, and we really need to get down to the bottom of like, where's, where's your trauma coming from? Like, where's the hurt? You know, is it really against the father or are you dealing with something else that, you know, you're not talking about? Um, so in those cases, you know, the mom can benefit from speaking to somebody like, why are you harvesting so much hate and so much anger? Um, you need to see past that, work past those issues to get to the point where, hey, the bigger goal is making sure that the well-being of this child is the first and foremost um, important thing in this factor, not the relationship between you and the father. Um, so like I said, when it comes to co-parenting, everybody can benefit from that. And it might be something there, you know, and if, if, the, if the guy isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing, he might have something that he needs to work through. Um, that can be very therapeutic to go see somebody and speak to a professional and like, hey, look, maybe he didn't have a good example of a father. Maybe he don't know what how to even show that kind of love because he didn't get it. So it's a lot of issues that need to be worked through because there's so much stigma there. So many, generationally, people are not seeking professional help in that regard. So everybody's holding in all of this, you know, trauma deep in and it becomes out. In mm-hmm. these different situations, and you're wondering why, you know, things aren't going the way they're supposed to. It's some stuff deep down that maybe need to be worked through, mm-hmm. talked through, so that you can effectively communicate now, and and everybody's kind of on the same page in that regard too. So, do you feel like, um, because I know I've heard people say, well, just because your dad wasn't there, don't mean that you have to be like your dad. How, 
is it is it that easy to, to break the generational curse or do you feel like you know we got to get to the bottom of it first in order for me to be what my father wasn't mm-hmm. so and i would say that i wouldn't say it's that easy um some people handle situations differently you know everybody kind of you know process things a little bit differently um for some person for one person they might see the bad example and be determined that they're going to do the exact opposite. Like, you know, I didn't have that. So like my whole goal and focus is I'm going to be the best at it. You know, everything that I wanted, I'm going to be for my child. Mm -hmm. Somebody else might see the example and be like, well, this is what I got. So this is all I got to give. You know, it's all about how they process it and how they, you know, they take it in and and what they, they get from it to, to push out. So I wouldn't say it was easy, Mm-hmm. But I do feel like uh, for the ones who are kind of looking at that example and don't really know how to to give it because of what they were given mm-hmm. and they kind of like passing it along like, well, this is this is what happened to me. So I'm going to do that to you, you know, type thing mm-hmm. versus like I didn't really like that uh, when it was happening to me. So I'm going to make sure that I do better going forward. OK, So yeah. Okay. So um, if a father is not mentally, you know, present to be a father, you know, i.e. the kid's there for the weekend, but because my mind is on the argument that I just had with your mother when she dropped you off and the $500 she's asking me for next week or like you're here and you're in my presence, but I'm not here mentally for you. How does that affect the child? Uh, so to be present and not present mm-hmm. is what you get in that situation. So you're physically present, but mentally you're not there. So mm-hmm. the kid is, is feeling shunned. The kid is not getting the love that they're supposed to get. There might be, um, you know, you might be enforcing some, you know, anger, less patience with your child now because you're distracted by something else that's going on. So it mm-hmm. does affect the kid because um, they feel that, you know. These are little human beings, like they feel those right. emotions. And and if you're not pouring into them in that way, they know. And they know where the love is coming from. They know where the love is not coming from. Right. You know, so they feel that and they, they experience those things. So it definitely can play a major part. So even if you are there, and but you're not present and you're not being mindful of the situation when you are with those children, it could mm-hmm. be just as damaging. You know, as to like not have somebody there. It's hurtful to have somebody there and still feel like you're not being loved. Because, yeah. Okay. Um. So how do you feel like a father being alienated from a child affects his mental health and his mental well-being? Like, you know, you know, you have a child out there and you, you love your child, but for whatever reason, I can't see him or because I didn't have enough money this week. You know, the mother won't let me have them or, you know, spend time with them or whatever. Like what, what, how does that affect the dad? I hate those situations. And (laughs) and I do. And I feel like it's so many um, cases where, um, you know, you have situations where there are deadbeat dads and they're not doing anything. And then you have these guys who are actually trying to step up and be a father and, you know, and there's so much pettiness, you know, <laughs> involved with, right, with right. your personal issues that you allow that to 
um, you know, I guess kind of use the kids for power over them. And yeah, and it, it doesn't do, it doesn't just hurt the, you know, the guy, but it hurts the kids mm-hmm. because that, they, they, you know, that their father role is is important, you know. So if mm-hmm. you're keeping the kids away from them and, you know, I, I think in the end, it's probably going to blow up in your face eventually because yeah. the kids are going to harvest resentment against you. Right. You know, like, well, my dad was trying and, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't, you know, you kept me away from my dad and, you know, all of those things. So, Mm -hmm. again, I I say it all goes back (laughs) to, you know, everybody being on the same page and just kind of putting those personal things aside for what's best for the kid. Um, And and shout out to all the dads who are trying, who are really, really trying to be there and do everything that they're supposed to be doing. They are you know, present and being present in the moment with the kids, you know, spending that quality time and, you know, making sure that their, um, their role is being fulfilled in that kid's life. Cause it really makes a difference. Yeah. It's a lot of grown men now who are hurt and who don't know how to process their hurt because they didn't have their father there or they felt like the father could have did more. Um, my dad never came to my, my football game. That still hurt as a man. And so you're getting a lot of, um, you know, grown men who, you know, have issues maybe with, you know, expressing their feelings and love because they never dealt with that, that relationship they had with their father. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, it was some lack there, they might've been present, like I said, but they, they wasn't given it all or they, their expectations weren't met mm-hmm. or there were broken promises there. So, when you have a situation where the father is trying to do those things and really trying to be there and showing up for all the games and, you know, being supportive, like that stuff stick with kids. They remember that, you know, my dad said he's going to come get me and he came and got me. Oh, right. It's the best day of my life. Or, you know, I looked out into the crowd and my dad was there. Like they remember that for the rest of their life and it impacts them once they become adults. So it's important to really, um, you know, just kind of, be adults about the situation and just realize that the impact on a kid is so much greater than this argument you just had about diapers, you know? Right. <laughs> right. right. You know, just, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I, I do feel like in, in, in that sense, you know, once we can get past the stigma in the black community of, uh, oh, mental health isn't a thing. You're just stressed out. You're just tired. You know, ain't nothing wrong with you. Go take a nap mm-hmm. um, and actually really work through some of those you know, those past traumas, you know, things that, you know, you just kind of stuck way, way, way down and, um, you know, didn't really have a safe space to talk about it. And and that's a lot of things. People don't want their family talking about them and, you know, yeah. so-and-so this, yeah. and there's so much, you know, gossip and just, you know, a lot of things um, when it comes to that. And for men don't want to, you know, show weakness, but if you coming into a safe space where there's no judgment there, but you can really just vent and be open about those things. You can work through a lot of that pain so that Mm -hmm. you can be a better person. You can communicate better. You can be a better father and, um, and leave, um, uh, a more positive effect on your children. Yeah. Cause I was listening. I believe it was, uh, the Ricky smiley morning show. I was listening one morning and they were having a conversation about that and about men and, you know, when they cry and stuff like that. And, you know, and one of the guys that called in and he's like, well, I'm not doing that in front of these women. And and it was just sad to hear mm-hmm. because 
you know, and not even when it comes to, you know, it, when it comes to being a father or just any relationship, period, you want to be able to express love or hurt yeah. or, you know, or I need a hug. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay for a man to say, I'm not, I'm not doing good. I need a hug. Like, somebody yeah. hug me. And it's, it's okay. It's you okay. Know, yeah. My father, I, when my dad was living, I always from a child thought that my dad was the strongest man in the world. I seen my father cry maybe twice. Mm-hmm. And and it's crazy because how everything switched around because even though to me he was the strongest man in the world and I seen him cry, I never looked at him as like oh, well, he's not strong anymore. You know, I I actually was happy to see it because I was like, wow, he really does have emotions yeah. and daddy is human <laughs> so I was like, Pow. and even my grandfather he just recently passed well my grandmother you know because he was always so you know when my dad died and if you know I was telling my family we were all together and one of my relatives walked in and, and my grandfather went off but everybody got angry and I'm like y'all gotta chill he's hurt yeah. Like, but it was sad to see that he was expressing the hurt that way instead of just saying, you know what, I'm hurt. So when my grandmother died, I watched him and he sat in the chair and he was crying and I was like, Oh, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just like why why should that be a shock for me yeah. to see? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I I really wish that our men would just you know, realize that it is okay. Yeah. Okay. I think if they let some of that stuff out, they, they would be okay. Yeah. 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 A lot of it goes, you know, back to childhood, you know, when little girl fall, you know, we butter them up. Oh, you okay. You know, we, you know, let me kiss your boo boo. When a boy fall, like you are a boy, get out. You know, and so they learn to kind of like, shelter their emotions and you know suck it in and hold it in but mm-hmm. um and and it goes on to them until they become you know adults and now you don't know how to express and you know uh show those emotions because you you've learned your whole life to you know hold it in and that you're not supposed to cry but you know i think it's i think it's great when uh you know men can kind of be emotional with each other too you know when a oh, when, yeah. when somebody's hurting and they embrace each other and they can just kind of cry on each other's shoulders it's okay and it's you know that's what that support is supposed to be about you know mm-hmm. to have that you know somebody a shoulder to cry on and show like man look this hurt you know right. this hurt i'm hurting right now and it's okay to say that versus isolation which i feel like that help that happens too so instead of mm-hmm. saying look i'm hurt or showing that emotion they will isolate themselves. They won't, you know, they won't say anything. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what the emotion is, but really it's just like, look, I'm hurting right now. And I don't know who to, who to share that with. I don't mm-hmm. know who to vent to because I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to show this weakness, you know? Right. So I, I wish that we can get to a place where we're normalizing men being able to be vulnerable. Um, and show right. and express their feelings. Cause I think all around when it comes to the family dynamic, it will make them, um, it will put them in a better place to, right. to love, you know, their Absolutely. kids. And, and, you know, I think just the, the structure of the family in general, like, wow, like daddy hugged me today, you know, and right, so right. I, I felt right. that, you know, and it's needed, you know, it Those, the small things have a huge impact. Just something as simple as like I'm having a bad day and you hug me. 
Right. And, you know, right. you know, it, just being there and, you know, expressing that and, and just knowing that they have that support. So right. it's a big thing. Yeah, because sometimes the children, you know, like you said, they, you, they see us, the mothers, all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I want a hug from dad. I know what a hug from mom feels like, but I want I want daddy to hug me, especially yeah. if, if it's a son, because mm-hmm. then he knows it's okay to hug daddy or it's okay to tell him that I'm hurt or, you know, whatever the case. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, just in case anybody was was wondering or has seen it, what are some of the signs of depression? So it's a lot of signs of depression that um, get overlooked. So um, just lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, you might see uh, social isolation where you don't want to, you know, be seen, kind of locking yourself in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, emotionally kind of like all over the place when it comes to mood swings. Um, might be, you know, very, you know, a lot of crying. It might be just anger that might come out. Um, just kind of like all up and down when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, depression is, some people are really good at disguising it. Some people are good at smiling through it. And then when they get by themselves, it all just kind of comes out. So um, it's different levels of it. But ultimately, it's it's one of those things where, you know, specifically in the Black community, it's not just stress. Um, you're, you're dealing with something a little bit deeper than that. Um, you know, you're, you're not motivated because not because you're lazy, because that's what it might get called. You know, your mom may be like, you just being lazy. No, actually I'm I'm, I'm dealing with something right now. So, Mm -hmm. um, depression is, is far more common than we like to admit. Mm. It's a lot of people suffering from depression especially right now. And I'm glad that the conversation is being had specifically in the black community, because it's a lot of people dealing with depression right now, even in this pandemic. And mm-hmm. you do, once you add anxiety on top of it, you know, right, right. it, it kind of goes hand in hand and you don't know who's suffering through it because a lot of times people try to hide it and shelter it and just kind of push through, but they're really suffering in silence. Um, it's one of those things that you can suffer in silence from, um, depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for some people, it's it's more prevalent. You know, you see it, and you're like, okay, I think they might be depressed. And other people, you might not even know. But like, wow, I never knew that you suffer from depression because you you hide it, you smile through it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's you know, it's a lot of people out there who are hurting, and we and we just don't know. Um, but if you pay attention a little bit more, you'll start kind of hearing and seeing some things, and you'll be like, hey, you know. Have you ever thought about talking to somebody about that? You know, mm-hmm. um, like when did you start feeling like that? What was the, what, what was the trigger that really kind of pushed you to that point? Some people have seasonal depression. Um, yeah, so we're coming into that time of year where seasonal depression kind of kicks in um, around the holiday time. It could be a death in a family that triggers that. It could be, um, you know, an uh, incident that happened that kind of triggers that seasonal depression. So yeah. um, it's a lot of women who suffer from postpartum depression. Right. Um, right. I'm one who did suffer from postpartum depression. And you just mm-hmm. like, I never thought that I would, you know, it, it just right. kind of it's one of those things that happen. So um, I'm just glad that the conversation is being had and people right. are just shoving it to the side and, you know, just, you know, 
letting things go on and not addressing the actual issues. And there's so much help. There's so many resources out there now mm -hmm. um, to help people. And like I said, if you, uh, in like my program, if you have medical assistance, it pays for that. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can take advantage of those things um, mm -hmm. and really get people. I really want people to get the help that they, they really need to work through those things because you can work through it. Right. Um, but I think it's time to kind of like really address it versus kind of like pushing it to the side and writing it off. What do you do in an instance where all the stuff that you just named and maybe some more things and you see it in a person and, and you bring it to their attention and you say, oh, well, you know, I've been noticing, you know, X, Y, and Z. But they say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Or, or you or you even recommend, hey, why don't you go down to Randallstown and, you know, see Taryn there? I'm not going to talk to her. And like, so do, do we then let them continue to suffer or do we step in and try to save them at some point? You know, just having other people in your corner like, hey, look, I just need to like, have you ever experienced this? Um, yeah, I've experienced it. Just kind of like having that common ground. And um, I really like groups because it allows you to not feel so isolated in your feelings. Um, and so we'll do groups a lot of times about um, self-esteem or we'll do groups about uh, just kind of like building relationships and building bonds and working on um, those kind of things. So if you have like um, if you're able to attend maybe some support groups that are very subject target you know, specific things that, you know, maybe you have might be an area of struggle or just, you know, if you're feeling isolated, like, man, like, I feel like I'm the only one, you know, going through this. I feel like I can't talk to my friends or that. But then you come into this group and it's a safe space where, you know what, like, wow, like they know exactly what I'm feeling right now. And we're mm -hmm. all kind of working through it together. So I'm a big fan of support groups um, when it comes to that. Uh, some other activities. Um, you know, if you uh, mentioned yoga to a man, some men will be like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, <laughs> um, I think, uh, so there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of community work that we also do. So um, we, we go out and we, we do giveaways. So sometimes just like having like volunteers, and just volunteering to help other people and, you know, just meet, you know, kind of forcing you into like a social situation where there's other kids there and there's other, um, you know, male figures there just and, you know, just showing like a positive situation. So if you can volunteer and help in those moments, I think it's also very um, it allows you to give back, but it's also therapeutic for the person that's involved. And do you well. feel like bringing kids to these situations, like the support groups and stuff like that, do you think that that's a good idea too? Especially like if you're if you're in a support group about emotion and expressing emotion and showing those type of things, do you think it's a good thing to bring the children to those type of activities so they can also see that, you know, it's okay to ask for help or it's okay to talk to people? Because like you said, ultimately, given sometimes whatever the situation is, it trickles down to the kid. Mm -hmm. So you might want to grab a hold of it early mm -hmm. so that when he does, you know, when he or she does grow up, they don't go out into the society with the same stigma. Like you said, it's like breaking the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. You recommend that for children as well? Absolutely. So we do groups for kids as well. Um, 
for specific ages because mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like, you know, the younger ones could benefit from, you know, you can kind of put the, the, the session and the lesson into like a game for those kids. And then when you get to more like the teenage um, years, you know, you can kind of like target their things and the stuff that they're going through. So mm-hmm. I do, I do think that um, those uh, group kind of like group therapy is mm-hmm. good for all ages for the kids, you know, for women, we do women's groups. Um, it is a little harder to get the men in there sometimes. The women, <laughs> are, the women are definitely more um, active when it comes to that, you know, just kind of like dealing with self-esteem mm-hmm. and, you know, um, uh, body image and positive thinking and, you know, all of those things. Women are, you know, we, we fall into those things. Right. But, but it yeah. also needs to be known that those same things that you are bringing up, like self-esteem and body yeah. image, like men go through those things, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like you really nobody wants to discuss that. And that's that's what I really don't like about this. Uh, You know, what's the word? It's a double sided or whatever or yeah, the double standard of it all yeah, yeah. Exactly. thank you i'm sorry <laughs> it's the double standard like everything or or just about the same things that women go through men go through as well but they go through it on a higher scale yeah you know? Cause it's like, if a woman, a woman doesn't like her breasts, okay, she can go to wherever she's going and get bigger ones or get smaller ones. But if a man has issues with his body, then it's like, why would you do that? So it's, yeah, it's, you know, like you said, it's the double standard. And that's why it's so important to have, um, positive male role models in the mental health field. So we, you know, just having, um, so like I mentioned, the psychiatric rehabilitation program, so they would be a mm-hmm. PRP worker. So mm-hmm. it's very important to have men, you know, specifically black men um, working in PRP because they get to go out into the community. They get to meet these kids where they are and get to show them a positive role model, not just the boy on the block or, you know, the guy around the corner that's getting money and, you know, doing illegal things, but mm-hmm. they get to show them, hey, look, you can you can uh you can achieve whatever you want to achieve you can make money you can do this and they have a a male figure in their life that they can talk to and work through some of those things that they experience in school that they they feel like they can't talk to with their mom or you know they only confine in their homies and their homies don't have no guidance either you right. know so just to have a male figure come around and like showing that accountability and checking up on them it mm-hmm. helps them to uh, you know, feel like, okay, look, I got somebody who actually cares about me and, you know, is checking mm-hmm. in on me and making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Let me get myself together and make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. You know, right. And, and, and just kind of like showing them a different, um, you know, a different light, you know, like letting them know, hey, look, man, look, it's cool. Like, like if you hurt, you, you can hurt. And so, right. so those are some of the things that they work with, with them. And that's why this program and just, you know, just, getting your kids in these programs um, is so helpful um, mm-hmm. because you get to get that, that, that fit, you know, you can request, you know, a lot of moms call us and, Hey, look, I really need uh, support services for my son. Can I get a black male? You know, okay. you know, okay. I think it would be very beneficial for him to work with a, a black man. And I get it. And you can you can do that. You can request that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's so impactful um, to have somebody, you know, that's showing you that love, showing you that they care 
And like I said, giving that accountability, not just for the child, but also for the parent to live up to a certain standard because, you know, this person is coming out to the home and seeing exactly what's going on that you can't hide behind anything, you know? Right, Um, right. So, hey, my look, look, you, are you making sure that this that going on? Look, I'll be here on Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. at such and such time, you know, make sure that, you know, your mom, you got to play your role, too, in right. order for this child to be successful. So there is that accountability and, you know, that extra eye on um, and mentorship involved, mm-hmm. you know, where there might not be a father in the home. But now this kid is involved in sports and you got um, you got somebody who's coming to cheer them on. And, you know, that make them feel good and, you know, helping them get to practice and, you know, all of those things. Um, there's so many levels of the resource um, that it just it just helped. It's so helpful and so impactful yes. on these kids lives. And it, it, it makes a huge difference for the family dynamic in general. Right. And we we have to save our sons, you know, because yes, yes. I have a 12 year old. He'll be 13 soon. And I just. You know, and I tell them, look, when you leave out of here or whatever you're doing, if the cops tell you to stop, just stop. Yeah. You know, because anything can trigger anything and then it's a mess. So that's why I feel like it's important that we uplift the men, you know, and let them know that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to show emotion and it's okay to fight for whatever it is that you want. Uh, when it comes to kids or, you know, just anything in society, period, because our men just, they don't have it. They don't have any fight in them. Yeah. It's for, hard. For anything. It's, it's hard. so it's much trauma. Hard. Yeah, it's so yeah. much trauma. And it's, it's, you know, like I said before, like with the over police and they just, they just feel like a target constantly. Like from the moment they walk out the door, it's like you're a target, mm-hmm. you know, no matter if you, are working in the corporate world or, you know, it don't matter what you're doing. Like, you know, yeah. you, you try to be successful, but if you're driving a nice car, now they looking at you funny, like, why you got a nice car? Like, well, I worked hard for it. You know, right. um, it's like nothing that you do is, is good enough, you know, for the black man. And, it, and it's, it's tough. It's tough for them, you know, and society has made it so hard, you know, to be and try to come up and and be better when it comes to, um, you know, fatherhood and just, you know, working in whatever field you're in, you know, I feel like black men are constantly having to prove themselves. They can't, you know, they have to be extraordinary in whatever it is just to prove like I'm good enough, you know, and, and, you know, and that, and that's traumatizing that, that, that counts as trauma. It's a lot of, uh, uh, PTSD <laughs> and uh, and the, for black men, you know, yes. um, from every angle. So we we definitely have to, um, and and I really want uh, more men to be open to, you know, seeking professional help when it comes to dealing with those traumas, because um, you know the stigma has gotten us nowhere <laughs> in that regard. Right. You know? right. So it's time to try something different. And like I said, there's so many resources out there where you can specifically request, you know, somebody that you feel might be culturally more understanding to, you know, where you're coming from. And, and that's OK, because there's professionals out there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it starts young, too. So if we could catch our young boys, you know, early in and kind of let them know, hey, look, 
It's okay to show emotion. It's okay to feel things. You don't have to hide that. It's okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, nobody's going to look at you differently if you express how you feel. Matter of fact, you be a leader and you can show your friends, hey, look, look, man, look. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough out here. We just seen one of our best friends get killed. We need to talk about that. You know, we, you know, the kids are just, you know, expected to show up to school and perform um, on a on the same level, but on the way to school, they just seen somebody get shot. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's right. so much right. trauma there. So I feel like even within the school system, even implementing programs where um, maybe an after school program where kids can you know meet in a group and talk about what's going on in the neighborhood or you mm-hmm. know dealing with those things and the you know providing training for the teachers to understand that. You know, when, you know, certain kids, you know, even dealing with like the inner city. Right. What these kids are dealing with at home before they get to school. So, you know, Johnny is, you know, tired when he comes to class and, you know, he's, you know, he's not doing his work and you're yelling at him instead of kicking him out of class. Find out why he's so tired. You know, what's going on at home? Is, you know, is he eating at home? Is the power on at home? You know, what's what's mm-hmm. going on in the, in, the, in the home that's, mm-hmm. you know, causing him to not perform at the level that he could. It's something else that's going on. And I think, you know, if we kind of like dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. and address some of those issues that we can get down to the bottom of that instead of just writing the kids off as, you know, being insubordinate and, you right. know, not participating. Oh, he didn't show up today. Well, what happened? You know, right, right. What did right. he see last night? You know, that. Mm-hmm cause them to you know be that way so we got to dig a little bit deeper and you know which is why um you know having such programs is so important um Mm -hmm. because they do reach you in the community and kind of get down to the bottom of the things in order to address it on on the back end right and we we want our grown men to dig deeper as well so absolutely we'll pull it out of the kids but you know we we want the men to dig too and and you know let let somebody know what's going on so that yep. they can get the help that they need or the assistance or whatever the case so before um we sign off and i do thank you for coming on this was a wonderful conversation i i always ask my guests at the end if there's any advice you can give to the fathers mm-hmm. who are, you know, mentally tired or who are dealing with the system or, you know, trying to be a good father, but for whatever reason, he can't be, um, you know, one that's maybe in a fight with the system right now or going through it or whatever. What what are some things that you can recommend or advise for that for that person? Don't give up. Keep fighting for your kids because that that's the main goal. That's the main focus is to be there, be mm-hmm. present for your kids. The impact that you have on a kid's life is so important, whether it's a little girl who wants to be daddy's little girl or it's a little boy who looking up to you to be their hero. Like that impact, that hug from dad is so important. So don't give up. Keep fighting for your kids. Utilize the resources that are available. It's, you know, there's so many resources out there. Um, Take advantage of those resources Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, get past, you know, whatever the the stigma has been up until this point. Seek the help. Mm -hmm. It'll help the the kids. It'll help you, you know, be a better person, love better, 
express better, communicate better, you know, with the mom, whatever it is, you know, do as much as you can from a personal development standpoint that'll mm-hmm. allow you to be uh, the best father and that you can possibly be. And I want to just throw in there and let them know. And all I'm going to say is it's okay. It's okay. For what? For whatever. It's okay. It's okay to ask for a hug. It's okay to say I'm hurting. It's okay to cry. It's okay. And in the mental health field is, you know, one of the big lines is it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to tell somebody, hey, look, I'm not okay. And you can work through those things. There's people available to, you know, talk about those things. You're not alone in that process there's Mm -hmm. so many people who are going through the exact same thing there's help out there you just gotta you know be willing and um to to you know utilize that help Mm -hmm. it's okay to not be okay Okay. we all have our days so for anyone that's not okay but wants to be okay Mm -hmm. in baltimore or you know how will they be able to, you have any social media that they can follow or any way that they can get in touch with you? Yep. If you go on Facebook or Instagram and put in Unleashing Potential LLC, we will come up. Um, It's a couple of dashes in there, but if you just put in Unleashing Potential LLC, we'll come up on Facebook and on IG. Mm -hmm. Um, You can go to our website at www.unleashing-potential.org. Um, or you can email us at info at unleashing-potential.org. Um, we're located in Randallstown, Maryland. We're available. We're here. Like I said, anyone who has medical assistance between the ages of 5 and 65, you will qualify for the program. We provide, you know, if you don't have a therapist already, because that is a prerequisite of our program, mm-hmm. you must be um, be seen by a therapist. We can help you find a therapist so that you can get the PRP service as well. See through those goals, you know, whatever you talk about in the therapist's office will help you process those things and kind of meet you where you at in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID shifted things a little bit. We did a little more telehealth and it will meet you at your comfort level. If you're okay with, you know, being seen in the community now, we wear mm-hmm. masks. Um, or if you want to do a telehealth thing that is still available. Okay. Um, to anyone who is looking for those services. And we do appreciate your organization being there for those who want to be okay, because it's time for our men to be okay. Absolutely. Um, Again, thank you, Taryn, for uh, joining us on this episode. I really appreciate it. I love everything about this this conversation. (laughs) I could talk all day long. (laughs) I promise you I could, but it's definitely a necessary conversation. Mm -hmm. It's definitely Mm -hmm. a necessary. So thank you for having me. That's no problem. And, you know, it just got started and your episode three thank you so much and hopefully i'll be talking to you again soon and you yes, can tell absolutely. some success stories and everything so absolutely again i appreciate you coming on i i really do no thank problem you. no problem i enjoyed it thank you for having right. me all right y'all this is the last I mean, i'm sorry not the last but this is the third episode <laughs> of the father's ain't podcast i'll see you next week all right